Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bullpen. Here's your hosts, Rob Fontenot and Thomas Chavadia. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to a brand new episode of The Bullpen, a Houston Texans podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Texans QB situation, D'Amico Ryans, Andre Johnson, and also we're going to touch on the Super Bowl since that's coming up soon. Before we can do that, let's bring them on. Tom, what's up, buddy? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is another day closer to the Super Bowl, uh, another day closer to the NFL draft, which as as a Texan fan, that is my Super Bowl right now as a Texan fan. I believe that a lot, a lot of answers will be provided for the the fans, the faithful, with the conclusion of the draft, what we're going to do with the quarterback, what we're going to do with that number two pick. Is it is it going to be the the awesome edge rusher, the quarterback that we think we might need? We don't know. I'm dying to know the answer. Yeah, we do not know. And that is so funny, Tom, because when I'm putting the podcast together, it's like the draft, the draft, the draft. The draft is until April. The Super Bowl is coming up. But the, the exciting thing about the Houston Texans is that they have two high draft picks. They have the coach everybody wanted. Everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited. And I kind of forgot it was the Super Bowl, but we're going to talk about that fittingly last. It's going to be the last thing we talk about. First thing I want to bring up ESPN 97.5 there in Houston. They had a poll. We're already, we're already going the quarterbacks right here. Who would you rather have? You only have two choices, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. It is a very, very tough, tough question to answer because they are very, very close, in my opinion, as far as talent. Obviously, uh, Bryce Young has all the accolades. Alabama was a juggernaut, national championship, all the things, right? C.J. Stroud looks the part. Size, strength, mobility, agility. He looks like some of the quarterbacks that are playing in the Super Bowl. He looks like Jalen Hurts. He looks like Patrick Mahomes, you know, the way he plays the game. So that makes you think, man, I really don't want to make the mistake and miss on this guy. For me, it I think the answer is going to be like provided to us because I, I truly feel the way that the, the draft is shaping up, the way people are talking somebody's going to get up there to get to number one because Chicago doesn't want the pick to take Bryce Young. I think if for some reason nobody moves because the number one overall pick has only been traded four times in the history of the draft. Mm. If nobody moves, nice tidbit. I think, I think Chicago will draft the edge rusher. I think his name is uh Will Anderson out of Alabama. And, uh, then Bryce Young will be there for the Texans. I have no problem with them taking either one. I think both of them have upsides to them and that that, that both quarterbacks, while one clearly will outperform the other, right? I think both are going to have similar trajectories. Like they're both going to be good quarterbacks. 
I don't, I don't see either one of them busting. Well, I'll give you the real results of the poll. Bryce Young, 58%. CJ Stroud, 42%. 167 votes. It looks like everybody's kind of split. To me, Bryce Young is, he's a smaller guy. He's been in huge games playing with Alabama. He's played against SEC guys that are huge and fast and strong. So I think he can handle it. CJ Stroud, Ohio State, right? That's where he's from. He he's played in some big games. Probably not as big as as Bryce Young, but he's bigger. But it's just that you just look at the history of the draft. And I think I said this last time. So many busts picking a quarterback first. So many people, they're not the prototype, like can't miss. I don't think either one of these guys are can't miss. But I think the Texans may have their eye on one or the other. And I mentioned that before. It's like if the Bears trade their pick, which I'm going to bring that up next since we already talked about it. If they trade their pick and someone else picks before us, then we're not going to have to make that decision. We can let someone else make the mistake. They're either going to cash in and do it right, or they're going to make a mistake and we're going to cash in, or we'll both cash in, or they'll both be horrible. I don't know. (laughs) I think the real interesting uh, case that will be made leading up to the draft is if they don't add a quarterback to the roster between now and then. So as, as many Texans fans well know, there's only one quarterback on the roster currently, and that's Davis Mills. And there are quarterbacks all up and down the 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 the, the spectrum out there, whether it be trade or free agency that we know of that are looking to move. Uh Derek Carr, David Carr's younger brother, you know, bust Texan quarterback draft pick is out there. There, there, everybody in the NFL knows that this man is moving. He joked about it at the Pro Bowl. He's like, I know I'm on my on my way out. I'm going somewhere else. He's available. Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, free agent, has has been to all the way to the top. You know, uh, Super Bowl, NFC Championship game. He's available. Don't know that he'll win you the game, but he won't necessarily lose it for you either. Uh there's rumors that Aaron Rodgers is moving around. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, he's got con- a contract that he may get, may not. Baltimore saying they want to pay him, but what if they're what if they're off? What if their numbers don't jive? There are going to be potential for the Texans to do something about quarterback before they ever get to the draft. So that for me is the interesting tidbit in it all. Now, if nothing happens between now and April there's a good chance they're going to take one of those guys, whoever's left over. So my answer on the poll is I don't know. I don't know at all. They have a lot more research. They have a lot more numbers. They they know what they're looking for. But, I mean, I guess based on being in the SEC, I guess you can go for Bryce Young. But to me, I think either one of them is going to be fine as long as they have the coaching. And going to the Bears, this is – This is one of my other subjects. I have a friend at work, huge Bears fan. And he brought this up today. He said, hey, I heard a rumor that 
the uh, and it was also on ESPN Houston. They were talking about that ESPN ninety seven five that they're thinking about the Bears are thinking about shopping Justin Fields and taking a quarterback number one. So they have to shop Justin Fields in order for that to happen. Will it happen? I don't know, but that's a rumor, and that could throw a wrench in the Texans' plans only if they have that guy that they want. If there's a guy they know for sure which one of those guys they want, it'll throw a monkey wrench in there. If they don't want either one of them and they go with Derek Carr or Jimmy G, then it doesn't matter. But there's some good guys out there to get that aren't quarterbacks. So we'll see. How do you build the team? And this is number two on my list, and you kind of jumped the gun on that one, but in a good way, and it doesn't matter. If you don't draft a quarterback, do you want Jimmy G or Derek Carr? So it's really interesting because you have Jimmy G who's most likely going to probably sign for something like a prove it deal, like a one year, I don't know, maybe $20 million, something like that. Maybe not even that 15, 20, somewhere in there. And then you have Derek Carr. If you were to trade for him, I think he's got like a $40 million cap hit. So, and he just signed a long-term deal, I believe last season. So, and he already wants are, out. Well, they want away from him, not oh. he wants out. Yeah. The team wants to go in a different direction. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, obviously, the Texans have all the money, they have plenty of cap space. I think they have the fifth most cap space in all the NFL and could, could take either one of those contracts easily. No questions asked. It's just really interesting because. It's kind of saying, okay, we feel like we're ready to compete with a new head coach and some some young draft pieces if we go for a, a Derek Carr type. Because he's not super old, but he's not super young either. Or you take a Jimmy G on a one-year deal, like basically going, okay, maybe this isn't the quarterback class that we want. We want the next one. Yeah. Or maybe we want to draft a quarterback like Will Levis out of Kentucky, who's starting the season was somebody that was saying, I mean, he's the prototypical, big, strong, a little athletic. Um, I think he's six, five or something like that. Huge guy, big arm, you know, starting the season, it was Bryce Young and him, you know, and then he struggled college, Kentucky had to deal with, you know, the SEC, that kind of deal. So he kind of slid down a little bit, but he can make all the throws, has all the talent, all the arm talent. There's another guy that's really popular out of Florida. I think his name is Anthony Richardson. Super athletic, uh, uh, can can really spin it too. He's a little raw when it comes to like stuff, but I think Lamar Jackson was the same way. Yeah, coming out of Louisville, people were saying, "Hey, he's raw, raw," and then we see where Lamar is now. He's highly coveted. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I, it's it's interesting because the the new coach being a defensive guy you feel like the 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 just on paper oh let's build that defense defense has got a bunch of young studs on it let's just make that defense nasty and then piece together the offense we'll see yeah i had read something too about the draft class of next year being better than this one so maybe you don't get a quarterback get one of these veterans like as as much as maybe you don't want jimmy G on your team, like if you're saying he's a, a kind of a one year guy, just go with him. 
build your team next year or get your quarterback next year. And I say he's a one-year guy because he's coming off the injury. Yeah. So he's going to want to prove that he can play at a high level to garner the long-term contract that he's after. And that's like one of those perfect scenarios, right? We're not sold on the guys that, that, that are out there. He needs a year to prove that he can still do it. The thing of it is though, and this is like the one thing where it kind of like, you know, double-edged sword. If Jimmy G comes in and they're respectable, they probably aren't drafting high enough next year to get that monster quarterback that they want. Have you heard any rumors about Brandon Cooks? <laughs> the worst kept secret in all of football is that he wants out of Houston. So it is, it is, he's been interviewed and basically spoke to it. He said he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And when uh, Nick Casario was interviewed, he basically said, I have a lot of respect for him. I understand how, how he feels. We're going to do what's best for the Texans. If I got to read between the lines, I feel like they're going to try to move him because it's probably not a good situation. If he stays, it'll just be where they can get the most value. Somebody's got to, you know, have an interest in him. I think right now is a little early, but I don't see him being a Texan start of the new year. Someone asked the question, does the hiring of D'Amico Ryans change his mind at all? See, the the I would think that it should because he's well-respected, but it's the it's the whole I think Brandon Cooks has a has a has a clock that's ticking. You know, he's seeing his mortality at the end of his career. And he wants to play for a winner now and just doesn't know that he can wait, you know, two, three, four years for the Texans to get where they need to be to be talking about deep playoff run, Super Bowl potential, that kind of thing. All right. Another former player read something about him today. He said, I keep being asked all the time, would I coach for the Texans if asked? And he said the answer. Oh, he said, I wouldn't say no. So if they ask him, maybe come in and coach the wide receivers, he's going to do it. Willie, I I don't know if they're going to ask him. And you're referring to Andre Johnson, I'm assuming? Andre Johnson, my bad. <laughs> he has been tied to the team for the last couple of years. He is obviously one of the greats that this organization has ever produced. Uh, I would argue that if he had any quarterback equal to his talent, He'd have broke records and, you know, we'd be talking first ballot Hall of Famer and all the things, right? Unfortunately, the quarterbacks never equaled Andre and he's got great numbers. I still think he's a Hall of Famer. I still think the people that know respect his game, but it's just not the same. He's just not spoken in the same breath with some of the, you know, the elites. And uh, I think that's unfair to him. I would love to see him on the sideline for the Texans. I don't know if coaching is his passion. He hasn't shown any of that. He's really just been like an advisor, just been there, kind of like a, a face of the franchise hanging out. I'm not arguing it. I, the funny thing is, is that because D'Amico played for the Texans 2006, that kind of, there's a lot of players now that are retired that are in radio, obviously JJ, and everybody wants to know, Hey, are you going to go coach with D'Amico? You know? And it's like the easy question to ask. Uh, Andy Kalu was asked that on, on his uh, show. Uh, I think they're on 610 uh, here in Houston and it's called in the trenches, or at least it, it was. And 
he was like, look, I don't have the passion to coach. Like if I did, I'd probably be good at it. It's just, I remember, you know, Friday night, you know, nine o'clock ready to go out to the spot and they were still in there getting plays down. And it was, it was just not how he wanted to live his life. So I think JJ, same thing. He's just retired. He's not trying to get back into it. You know, all that that requires. So I can't wait to see what D'Amico's staff looks like. Uh, that's the one that's a big mystery right now as to where that team's going to go offensively. And we'll know soon enough. All right. Here is another poll that I saw online. Would you trade up to get the number one pick? 74% said no. 16% said they would think about it. And 10% said, absolutely. I would not do it. Absolutely not. There is no scenario in which whatever that, that, that capital that you would have to trade is going to equal the one position you got to jump. I understand some people feel like Bryce Young is the guy and to, to pass on him is a mistake. But I also think that this team has so many holes on it to leverage whatever draft capital you have to leverage to get that one guy does not make the team good enough, even if you have Bryce Young to compete to the level that you want to. I agree. All right. Final question or final topic before we get to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl talk. We do have three touchdown or turnovers. What would you consider a successful first year for D'Amico Ryans? It's weird. It's, it's, it's tough to, to put a number on it as far as games. I think you have to see it on the field. If they're competitive and they're four and 13 or whatever, but they're in every game, the head coaching looks like it's going the right way. They just can't finish games because they're still young. Then, then for me, that's a success. I think really what you want to see is a, is a level of discipline, a level of toughness, you know, a, a greediness to it. They lost some horrible games last season where you just felt like the team lacked whatever that resolve was to get it done, to, to, to grind out, you know, tough uh, uh, plays to get, you know, a yard here or, or to kill a clock or just time management before halftime. There's so many different aspects where you just looked at it and went like, man, this does not look like a good football team. And I feel like the biggest thing for D'Amico is just to establish that culture, to get guys playing that kind of football. And if it doesn't look like it in the win-loss column, you're going to have the opportunity to add the pieces that you need. And then people are going to see this team in a different light. Like, look, they're not dysfunctional. They're just young coming up, learning how to play winning football. And people are going to want to come join that. And that's when you're going to see the huge jump in progression. So my answer was six wins. That was what I thought would be a pretty successful year as far as wins and losses. But you see it as it depends on how things go. If they're six, if they have six wins and they are six ugly wins and the losses were horrible losses, or you only win four games and they were all highly competitive, I see your point, Tom. That's why you're you're a pretty smart guy. <laughs> I mean, for me, that's just me. I mean, I, I watch every game and 
a lot of fans, you listen to sports talk radio, a lot of fans, they're really smart. They'll tell you, man, the, the football that I saw played today was not winning football, regardless of the score. You know what I mean? Whether they, they won was, or not. Exactly. And then you watch some games and you're like, see, that's the way you're supposed to play the game. And and that's really what you want. You want to root for this team knowing that they've got a chance. I mean, they may not have the talent. They may just not have the experience, but that they're, that they're playing at a level where they're, hey, any given Sunday. So that's what I think is a successful season for D'Amico in his first year. Speaking of Sunday, it is the Super Bowl, Tom. I don't know the number. Was it 37, 57? <laughs> I think it's, it's way not higher 37, than that. it's 57. No, yeah. It's 57? Yeah. I think so. So the first Super Bowl when I was, was when I was five. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, that's what you're trying to say. I'm not trying oh, okay. to put your age out there. <laughs> <laughs> so Super Bowl, Kansas City versus Philly, both teams, number one seed. Is this who you saw making it? I mean... It's easy to say, yeah, absolutely. I think Philly, I always thought Philly was going to be there. They just looked a cut above for a long time. They were undefeated the longest. You know, they were they were elites for a long time. And I think only Jalen Hurts getting injured a little bit kind of derailed that. Kansas City, there was a lot of questions going into the season. I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill being traded. You didn't know what this offense was going to be able to do without him. Uh, the running game was kind of questionable uh, with Clyde Edwards-Elair. He didn't end up being a, a factor into that. They went out and drafted a guy, seventh round pick, uh, Pacheco, who is elite looking. Um, Jarek McKinnon also stabilizing that too. Obviously, you know what you're getting from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but they just, towards the end of the season, just really, really bared down and became the team that was getting to the Super Bowl in the past. So it's going to be a great game. I think the score is going to be high. I think I think it's going to be up and down and whoever's got the ball last, that kind of thing. I'm I'm not too terribly like excited to see it just because I, I hate watching football for other you know what I mean? I'll watch, but I I'm not going to root for the Eagles. I'm not going to root for the 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 Chiefs. I'll watch. I'm I'm more excited about the commercials than I am the, the actual game. Oh, Tom's. <laughs> we got touchdown or turnover coming up, Tom. All right. So Mahomes and the Chiefs are sort of the team that people root against. And it's not really because of him or anyone on the team, right? It's his wife and his brother. <laughs> that they do people, make it hard to love them. They market so I think most people I'll be going for the Eagles based solely on Jalen Hurts because he went to OU and won a Heisman there. That's who I will be rooting for. Houston will be rooting for him, too, because he's from Channelview. Well, there you go. So Philly's favored by one and a half. But going back to the Chiefs in the AFC, making it through there, you know, the Bengals were good. You got the Bills that a lot of people have gravitated towards. I I thought that, that one side was more up in the air than the other side. That's kind of the way I looked at it. I agree. All right, so Kansas City, Mahomes, Kelsey, that's their strength. Philly, they have adaptability. This is what I read about them. Adaptability. They can play ugly football and run it down your throat, 
or they can air it out. They got two wide receivers. They can air it out. Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports, you said it's going to be a high scoring. He predicted 28 to 26 Eagles. I'm more of a 34-31 guy. Eagles, 30. I think. Um, A.J. Brown's elite. Devonta Smith, elite. I really like uh, Goddard for the Eagles. I think he gets lost in the shuffle, but all he does is make plays. I mean, obviously, Kelsey is the head and shoulders tight end of the group, but Goddard's really good, too. All right. Are you ready for some touchdown? Who, who Are you going to pick anybody to win? I did. Eagles, 34-31. Okay, so sometimes, folks, I'm reading ahead to get ready when Thomas stops talking, and sometimes I'm not listening. But who'd you pick? I'm sorry. I still didn't listen. The Eagles, 34-31. So we're both picking the Eagles. All right. Well, I did hear you say you're a 34-31 guy, but I didn't know that you said the Eagles. But anyway, touchdown turnover. This is our super popular segment not really not yet we're just starting out but thank you to everyone that listened to the first episode appreciate that (laughs) you've almost answered every one of these but we're going to do them anyway tom (laughs) touchdown turnover you are excited about the rihanna halftime show um I'll say touchdown. You're excited? You don't look excited. Well, I'm I'm not not excited. It's like, I'll watch Rihanna. I I have no problem. Rihanna's easy on the eyes. I have no problem taking it in a Rihanna show. Am I going, man, I hope she sings Umbrella. No, I'm not. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't necessarily care what she sings. I mean, I'll watch, but I don't want to say that I'm not excited because that's not fair. I'm just meh, you know? like I'm not excited about it. But I do like the halftime show. And even if it's somebody that you're like, how you feel, eh, it, sometimes they're still entertaining. So you still you still want to see it. But I'm not excited because it's not someone that I know. I don't know Umbrella. I don't know what that, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, number two. This is kind of a would you rather. If you have to go to the restroom during the Super Bowl, would you rather go while the while the game's on or during the commercials? <laughs> I'll tell you mine. I would if I would go during the game because I don't want to miss the commercials. I can miss the game. I don't care about Philly. I don't care about Kansas City. I care about the commercials. I gotta say, I'm kind of with you. I normally <laughs> I normally pregame that so that I'm not caught up. You but know, people eat a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll drink. Yeah. I, I won't eat that much. I'll drink. The adult beverages will be flowing for sure. And that's a quick in and out. If I got, if I got to take some time in there because I put too many, too much food down with well, it, I made a mistake. Like you wait to, you wait to throw that grub down after towards the end of the game, whatever. All right. Number three, you will eat either pizza or wings during the Super Bowl. I don't know where I'm going yet. Uh, a bunch of the coworkers are talking about going to a buddy's house or a bar. I know we're going to go somewhere. I, I guess that really depends on where we end up. Obviously, if we end up somewhere where it's wings, 
It'll be wings. If we end up somewhere with pizza. What would you get if you're going to be home by yourself? Ooh, probably nachos. Like, have you seen those dips at H E B with like the brisket and the cheese? No. I, I'm a huge fan. You should. But I was telling uh, my wife that I might make the wrote the uh Velveeta with the rotel and sausage. It's not really nachos, but it's dip. Well, but I it's mean, sort of like nachos. You, if you, you pour it over is... the top, they're nachos. Exactly, exactly. But that, I love that. I love pizza rolls. I love wings. And I love pizza, but I'll. I'll... <laughs> sounds like you're going to be missing some of the game is what it sounds like. All right, let me ask you this. I'm, or I'm, I'm going to tell you a fact. Okay, let's hear it. You can I can I don't know how much they are now because food is so expensive. But back in the day, when I used to eat pizza rolls, the H E B brand, it's like two or three dollars for like forty eight of them, <laughs> and I would make all of them at once, and that would be my, and I would enjoy that just as much as if I went and spent twenty dollars on pizza. So, I I am I am a I'll skimp on certain things for value you know can of corn beans you know sometimes i'll do it with you know bags of chips totino's pizza rolls though i'm not skimping there baby i'm getting the brand the atb ones are better i no. I've, I've eaten both and they're better turnover turnover that no, is they're not better a, i've had no, both they're better craziness when i was younger when when pizza rolls first came out to me i didn't know i mean they probably existed before i i heard of them i would cook them in the microwave and i'm like pizza rolls are disgusting but one time i cooked them in the oven and i was like wow <laughs> pizza rolls are amazing they even have long ones they have i don't know i love them but i have zero i asked you what you're gonna eat and i have zero idea Except I might make the cheese dip. Maybe we'll get wings, adult beverages. It's just going to be me and the wife. We're not going to go anywhere or do anything with anyone. So I don't know. Could be some Asian food. Could be some pizza. I have no idea. But we'll find out. We'll, we'll expect you to report back. Like, this is what the spread was, guys. And let me tell you. Oh, we will. Amazing. We'll talk about the spread. <laughs> we'll talk about the results of the Super Bowl on the next episode. But before we end this show, Tom, do you have any final thoughts? My final thoughts are we have plenty of time to cuss and discuss the future decisions of this franchise. I think right now we should just kind of enjoy the fact that there is a plan. There is a a path that they're trying to go to and then just kind of relax a little bit. I think once we get an offensive coordinator figured out, then we'll know a little more. But in the meantime, I'm just really excited about the possibility of a team that I can root for with some sort of confidence that, hey, they are trying to play winning football. Where before you were just hopeful something happened, they were just throwing stuff up against the wall and you're hoping it sticks. I really feel like in listening to D'Amico and every presser and all the things, he sounds like a guy that is so motivated to be great that he's going to live in there. He's going to live in that building and his guys are going to make sure that they get the most out of these players. And for me, that's all you can ask. I'm excited about him also. Cause when I watched the Eagles and the Niners or even the Niners and the Cowboys, they have a good defense. 
And the only reason, and I thought about this on the way home from work today, the only reason that Philly scored so much on the 49ers is because they couldn't stay on the field. They're using their like third or fourth quarterback. He got hurt. The other guy got hurt. And then he came back and he couldn't even grab the ball or throw the ball. It was just ridiculous. But he, I don't know if you can give him all the credit for it, but I think he's very defensive-minded, former defensive player. I'm really excited about the Texans having a great defense. It's it's interesting because they've they've interviewed so many of their players and they can't wait to go to work for this man. And they haven't even met him yet. You know, just the the respect that he's earned from the team that he coached in San Francisco. And and I I totally agree with you. I think that that game is an entirely different game if the offense was able to be competitive and to keep that defense fresh. Uh, the defense was on the field so much that, you know, Joey Bosa got injured. It was just a lot to ask from them. So I think it's coming. I, th- I think that defense we're talking about is coming. So one thing I want to add, I, I t- remember I told you I like to screenshot things. The two things I screenshot, I forgot about both of them. But I have <laughs> one right here I want to share before we go, folks. Every team's biggest 2022 draft steal. Number one is Brock Purdy. Number four, Damian Pierce, Texans. Oh, we just need one or two more of those. I know it's asking a lot, but, you know, Casario's the guy to do it. Everything about Casario when they brought him into Houston was that he was an expert in acquiring talent and, and evaluating talent. And so far, he's proven it in both drafts. So I have no reason to believe that he won't do it again with more picks this time around. So as he stacks these picks up and stacks this talent up, and now you've got a guy that swears up and down, all he wants to do is teach young players, sky's the limit. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode and the first episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the bullpen.